0: I go like I always got family, I always got blood around me, so it's never been like an issue for me to go and get a good free meal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Girl gotta eat.
0: Girl gotta eat.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually in Maryland, so I'm surprised that. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm surprised I hadn't run into you, but I, I I worked all the time anyway during that or all the time period, and. You know, last year was the best worst thing to happen to a lot of people. So You're I, Why I are you yeah. up? Well
0: do tell.
1: I I went through uh, uh before yeah. I do that. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, I'm um, your host, the landover legend, aka big t <laughs> and I am the host of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. Shelter. And uh, today I have a very special guest, um, this young lady uh, I met via Instagram, and it was actually like uh, what some might say is kismet. Mm-hmm. I, um, I came across her page, I was watching one of her videos, and I noticed she was listening to one of my favorite podcasts uh, <laughs> out today, uh, All Deaf Squad Cat Versus. I commented on her post, and the rest is history. Uh, I'd like to thank my next guest for her service in the Navy. She's an Oakwood and Howard University graduate. She's also a dental hygienist and an implant care practitioner, something I have never heard of before, but it sounds crazy and awesome at the same time. Give it up for Nicole Johnson. Old school
0: Arsenio Hall. Speaking of Arsenio Hall, I already got my date set for March. What is it? March 5th is when the new one come out. Yeah. They're coming to, yep.
1: I'm yeah.
0: gonna have my flaming hot Cheetos and my drink. I ain't gonna tell you what I'll be drinking, but <laughs> um, don't worry about all that. Just worry this know that I will be with the libations.
1: <laughs> hey, you and me both. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's a widely anticipated uh, feature film. I say that.
0: I saw the previews and I was dying like the previews like the um whole barbershop scene. Mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like I got to be I got to be there. So yeah, so I'm 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 here for it. But now back to back. You, know, you you like you know the full circle you you know learning, growing and all that, you know, you said this past year.
1: So um let let me let me rewind a little bit so uh 2019 no yeah 2019 i think it was um i discovered the righteous and righteous podcast and at that time i was looking for um you know an idea on what i wanted to do with myself cuz i didn't want to work for my boss anymore i got tired of being you know treated like a number and i came across that podcast and i was like that's what i want to do you know mm-hmm. and you know i i you know i had all these ideas in my mind and i was like i'm going to figure out you know how i'm going to do it and you know come up with a name and all that stuff and then last year when there was nothing to do but go to work and go home i was like here's my opportunity and and i quit smoking um uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, started my podcast. I started the clothing line mm. and it's been, you know, one uh, succession after the other. And now I'm trying to, you know, go even further than that. You know, my goal is to eventually, you know, get a studio where I can create content and, you know, bring in other you know, entertainers, or podcasters, and have a space for them to be able to work as well, and you know, see what happens from there. Okay,
0: yeah. that sounds good. I um, I think I had I was listening to the Righteous and Ratchet too this, this before they
1: mm-hmm. whatever
0: happened. whatever happened, um, which is still up for whatever. But I must say. I do like the new one better. No shade to... (laughs) But I mean, like, how do you feel? Do you, I mean, I think you have the mix of you have estrogen involved. And so, Mm -hmm. I think because I don't know, like, they feed off each other well. Um, They, you know, like, I don't know, like, their their chemistry, I'm not saying the chemistry before wasn't there, Mm -hmm. but this I just I, I like so much better. And I don't know if it's because they both have that that very heavy Christian background. And so they bring that, even though, you know, she, you know, she cusses, she do you know, she does all that, you know, she doesn't when she's with him, but they vibe so much better for some for some reason. So and but the other one was good, you know, but I feel like this is better.
1: Well in my opinion.
0: opinion.
1: (laughs) In my opinion, um Angel uh complements Kevin Strong suit. Yes. So that that uh him getting back to you know where he first started um is kind of you know, it was like a natural reset for him or a natural recession. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he, you know, um, was out of his element, he was, you know, switching gears back mm-hmm. to, you know, first or whatever. Mm-hmm. When he was with Doughboy, it wasn't challenging, but it also stuck to his comedic side. You know what I mean? So, what he grew in, um, you know, at, you know, like after he uh, got out of just performing in, like, church crowds, mm-hmm. that's what you see. So, I you know I see two two sides of the same coin in each you know show, mm-hmm. so um, I was more of a fan of Ratchet, Righteous and Ratchet, but I do t- tune into here's the thing, and that's come just- on
0: you. Don't-
1: All right, so, so you, have I- to, you
0: have to admit, you have to admit. Here's the thing, I don't know. To me, though, he was Doba was was slightly. Annoying at times. He was slightly annoying.
1: Yes, yes, but you he was know what?
0: Very I... Childlike, very. I mean, he's not a child, but sometimes he got very annoying. You could tell with Kevin's voice. Sometimes he was just like, "All right, don't worry." Yeah, now, like he was just playing along.
1: That that was that was him, you know, unfiltered. That was who he actually was. Like, so mm-hmm. Kevin wasn't going to say, you know. I think you should be this way when we do a show you know that's not that's not authenticity you know what I'm saying so people was like uh, well, people like me were very receptive to it because I understood because I have people like that in my life that you know annoying me 65% of the time but that other time you know they make me laugh so it's like that. Yeah. It, it balances out in its own little way so I, I like the I like the uh the culture that they started but you know the fact that it ended it, it happened for a reason you know certain things have to fall for others to rise and I understand that but you know whether they together or apart they both you know still have a fan in me and I think that you know whatever they do I'm look at you
0: come on loyalty loyalty I see you well
1: you know how it is when you when you find somebody that you rock with and That's true. you you know you connect with on a level and at the same time you find entertainment or you get a jewel or whatever from whatever they do. So
0: yeah, yeah. I I have tuned into Dill personal page, I guess or whatever you want to call it. So it's like looking a little dark. Um, I have tuned it and I think he's on his own journey as well like now from what I see which I think is good like you know there's a time and a place a purpose uh, you know a season if you will um, for everything and I think it was just okay I think he needed this time to, to grow into his own um, so to speak so I mean he's doing his whole like weight loss thing he's tracking that he's you know doing whatever he is doing and I mean i hope I hope he succeeds i um I wonder what happened to Kevin's other show. I never finished listening to the whole reason why, like the one he used to do on Fridays where he would do like listener letters, dear kev, yeah, dear kev, like the, he he stopped it, he said he explained it at the end of the show, but I didn't listen all the way through to the end, so. <laughs>
1: I don't know I just know now that you bring it up I just noticed that I haven't seen one in a while so I'll have to do research on that because yeah I, I like that um, yeah
0: he. um I was listening to it and I think I had something it had skipped forward or whatever and he was like yeah you know I'll explain it at the end well I think it had to do with something where he kept getting the same type of letters mm-hmm. and something with um He was always getting, like, stuff off the shade room, and, like, it was just, the stuff he was getting just seemed a little bit too obnoxious, like, it didn't seem real, or maybe just people just got messed up lives, really like that, to where Mm -hmm. they calling in, I mean, sending these letters and that, but I was like, okay, and you haven't really seen him, I think he stopped at the end of the year, because you haven't really seen too many of them Mm. this year, so...
1: Well, I, I've been getting letters myself and uh Really? Yeah, I can't wait to uh I can't wait to release uh my responses to those. It's, really? Think, yeah. They gonna be on this one? This oh, are
0: yeah. you gonna have like a whole separate like kind of section
1: for it? Um it's 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 uh it's gonna have its own photo on YouTube. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'd be down to to listen
0: to that. Like I have I have a few. I don't say a lot of personal, like personal. I have people in my life that bring different things to me, mm-hmm. and um, the my my biggest thing this year was finding peace, like through everything, and um, that's why I did that on Instagram this morning that you saw was that um like it's been such a rough year, but through the grace of God, like every time I doubted God or every time I was like, man, what am I going to do? What am I, you know, they said the other, like when they say that he literally opens the doors and like exceedingly and abundantly brings you more than what you thought that you could ever imagine. He does that. And so um, like I was, uh, what was I listening to? You know, um, Robin Roberts,
1: on the
0: gma good morning america no you got um good morning america you know the show to come on the news good morning,
1: I, I, only time i watch live tv is if uh something pertinent is happening like uh with the uh the vote of the new stimulus package
0: okay
1: something involving the stock market and some tv but other than that i'm streaming everything else. You know? Well,
0: I have to send this to you because I, I, I watched it this morning and it was like kind of the stem for what I wrote because she was talking about she's been on GMA Good Morning America for like over 30 years. Her sister was also a news broadcaster, a journalist over 40 years mm-hmm. and she and she had retired like three, four years ago I think and so she was just saying how Finding peace,
1: learning to listen to God—that's what it was. Listen, you know where I'm at, okay? You, 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 hold on. You thought closing your curtain was going to soundproof <laughs> your room, and that is so that's
0: funny. Like <laughs> that to shut up all the police sirens. Like <laughs> that was going to listen. I need,
1: okay, I need to. I need to find those shades on Amazon if that's these the,
0: the, the streets is calling. But anyway, um, she was talking about just learning to listen to God and so like that's where that whole thing came from about finding peace and learning how to listen and you know all that so um authenticity is really good it's really powerful too but yeah um that has been like my whole thing for this year and um my biggest dilemma has been like and I'm pretty sure you can you know um Ride with me on this one, like right? you going down this pathway. You trying to have peace of mind. You trying to do good and everything like that. But then you got friends and family coming with nothing but like negativity all the time, and it it may not necessarily be a like you are involved, but it's just like, you know, I got. One girlfriend over here is like, girl, my man, leave me. And I was like, another friend over here. I can't stand these people at my job. And and it's like, it's it's just constant negativity. And it's like, I want to tell you, like, okay, I ain't Jesus. I can't, I can't help you. You know, my name is Nicole Johnson. And that's just, I can pray for you. <laughs> from, from my lips to God's ears, but that's, that's that's all I got for you. I mean, we can go have a drink, and you know, me, you, and and you know, Woodford Reserves can can <laughs> we can help you out on that? But, <laughs> but I, that's that's literally all I got for you.
1: Um. Oh, well, <laughs> in, in my experience, I'm I'm a Libra, right? Okay. So I don't like drama and I don't like, you know, uh, too much overbearing happiness. Like, I like things to, you know, be neutral, at -hmm. least with, you know, the company I'm within, right? Yeah. So at one point in my life, I felt like I was a therapist to a lot of my associates and friends.
0: Yeah. I feel
1: that. It got to a point where, I I got tired of hearing the same story over and over again with with different people involved in their lives, and I just said, "From now on, uh, you gotta cash out me five dollars every time you call." Uh,
0: uh.
1: Yeah, like you, run me my five, and then you can tell me whatever you want, and I'll give you the same response. And if the phone hangs up, that's another five. I'm sorry, um, because
0: yeah. prison phone. This is a three minute phone call.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, because it's like. Why why ask me for advice if you're not going to take it? And then why don't you see your own insanity? Mm. Because you keep doing this and expecting this person to change or the situation to change. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, my mm-hmm. personal opinion when it comes to, you know, the way certain women act when they're in relationships is um, stop getting in your own way and stop creating your own pitfalls because you know you need to love yourself before Mm -hmm. you can love somebody and then you can recognize when someone really doesn't care about you they only care about what you can do for them and don't they don't have empathy for what they're putting you through you know so i've said
0: that five times this week to somebody like you can't love you can't expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself like they can't see your self worth. Like if you, if you can't for yourself, then how are you going to bring somebody else into that? hole? like, is this words of wisdom, gems?
1: Yeah. It, and it falls on deaf ears when yeah. people don't care or they don't realize that, you know, they got some other issues that need to work out before they get involved with anyone or, yeah. you know, can even be a friend really because if if you messed up and you out here giving advice, you you creating a population of you's and, and you's ain't good. <laughs> in, yeah. in, in certain scenarios anyway. But that that's well, me I have a, a lot
0: point. of the um what do you call it? One of my patients, which is funny because she's not even black, but she's a um, she's a psychologist, um, a doctor that I met in DC. she's actually asian she's from california but she recently moved to dc and so she was coming to my office to get treatment and she's like real cool young young asian girl beautiful and she was just like telling me about she told me about black therapy for black girls like different avenues for people not only for african americans but for asians american indians just different cultures to find therapy. So she kind of introduced me to that on IG as well, like different therapy to be, even to like for black men, Um, she, somebody who's not even black introduced me to that. So um, that's something that I recommend to like a lot of my my girlfriends. I mean, even guys as well, like, okay, there's a stigma in the black community about seeking counseling or therapy, like in the past, we've always used the church because it's free. Mm -hmm. You know, we've always used the church as, you know, go talk to the pastor, it'll help you. There's only so much you can go talk to the pastor about. I mean, there's only so much you can share. Like you, the the pastor for one, is not able to prescribe you necessary meds if you need it for a chemical or mental imbalance that you may have. Like some people actually need medicine for depression. And things like that he can't do that for you and so it's just like i like how you have these these young doctors psychologists who are more of this generation who are speaking out on behalf of not only themselves but the other cultures that are are represented like some people you may feel more comfortable going to see you know a black psychologist or a black therapist or whatever versus somebody else you know, that may not understand necessarily, and it it's even down to what you was talking about earlier, about political views. There's some that may not feel the same way you do, like you're talking about Black Lives Matter and things like that. Some therapists may not understand you know, what do you mean Black Lives Matter? Well, you're not really Black, so you can't really, you know, tell me what's going on. Personally. <laughs> you know, like, it's just and that that I they were talking about that on another podcast that I listened to, um, ah oh, with the girl oh my goodness you probably listened to them too
1: what's uh, the girl yeah the
0: girl and the guy um the reed say it again the reed
1: yeah 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 i heard of yeah yeah
0: you listen to them
1: no i've yeah. i've seen like you know videos or whatever but i haven't subscribed
0: yeah uh kid fury and crystal yeah um, you yeah you gotta listen to them they they hype up therapy and counseling for just black people in general just just in general counseling because people got some serious problems and like you said when you if you messed up and you out there giving wrong advice to the wrong people and mm-hmm. something happens and you feel bad you know so it's like I, I like people who at least you know, they may I may not be able to help you, but at least I can point you in a direction to somebody who can help you mm-hmm. other than you know ABC so?
1: Yeah, that's 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 just a band <laughs> for for a much bigger wound that ain't yeah. covered up.
0: Yes, yes. But yeah, so so how's everything going with you and this whole pandemonium?
1: Um, How book, has it helped
0: you grow besides, like, you know, the career-wise, like, internally?
1: Well, uh, I had to take a step back um, and, you know, realize my own personal issues that I needed to actually do something about. And I did that. Um, besides that, it the quarantine allowed me to see who around me really cared about me and how they really felt about me, I guess, through their, their actions and through their responses. So it was like, Oh, if I'm not available for you, you don't have time for me. Like, you know, like, or if I'm choosing to, you know, um, bring certain up certain things up and you get totally offended by it, that's like, Wow, were you even really my friend, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just like, all right, well, glad I'm recognizing it now instead of five years down the road. And Mm -hmm. it's just been, it's been enlightening to be quite honest with you. But now that, you know, we had this uh, quote unquote pause, 2020 was on top of, you know, all of the good and the bad that came from it, you know, I, I took advantage of it wholeheartedly, you know, mm-hmm. I, I stopped saying I'm going to do it later and I just been doing it, you know, and I'm not going to stop until I get to where I need to be. And even further than that, you know, I have people reaching out to me and responding very positive, positively to my show and I didn't see that happening at first, you know. I expected, and I guess it was just me being pessimistic, I expected a bunch of negativity, but I got way more positivity and really no negativity so far. So that's been awesome.
0: That's good. I mean, like, you you really should. You're The fact that you have the opportunity to, you know, do something that you like, do something that you love, that brings you joy... Ricondo. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry, my you know, we got wall units here.
1: Um but that's something a big that's, ass remote for a wall unit. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: you t- well it's the, the Mitsubishi, um and it, it opens up.
1: Oh. Okay. So it,
0: it, it's fancy here. Um but yeah it's <laughs> But yeah, I I admire people who who do that. Um, it takes a lot. Like as far as like with with my career, people are always like, "I don't see how you do this." And I was like, "Your mouth." Now even with us being in this panoramic and having our face covered up all the time, like mm-hmm. at some point. We will be done with this, Lord willing. Um, But your mouth is one of the most personal spaces about you, like getting up close to someone speaking is usually the first thing that people see when they meet you. And so you'd be surprised how many people come in and they're just scared and just not only just, you know, I don't know, not only like for older purposes, but just they're (laughs) They're all over the place. <laughs> I'm, try- I, I'm trying not to to be, you know, be like, "Yo, your your breath smells like it's funky." Listen, the mask does wonders. <laughs> I, got, I got I got the high grade quality seven layer mask on. It is like nothing's getting through this. But yeah, like people, you would be surprised how many people are just like, "Man, my." my teeth messed up. I can't smile no more. I can't. It's like, it brings you down. Like your, your self-esteem, like you don't want to smile no more. That, uh, that literally, it affects you, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, like the fact that you can't show emotion and smile and open your mouth or speak, it really affects you. It takes a toll on your life. So when I have somebody come in and they tell me their issues and their concerns, what they like to address and then you know I'll follow this person for a whole year they'll come in every three months or every four months or six months to see me and to see them come in and like hey you know I floss and it's not bleeding anymore and I'm getting invisalign I'm doing this and it's like you know a year two years later like they're walking in just smile as bright as I do know what And it's like to see that transformation and then also, like, kind of like going to get your hair done, like the barbershop, coming to see me, I've been told it's almost like a therapy session, because I sit down and I talk to you, I keep it real, like, what's going on? I'm like, and I'm sitting there working in your mouth, I'm like, yeah, girl, you know, and it's like, we become friends. Like, one of my patients the other day, she has a podcast, too, I told her about you, Um. And, uh, she was just like, she posted something about the dental office, like her experience. Like, um, I was in the Bronx yesterday and she was just like, all smile. She was like, yeah, I went to this dental office in the Bronx. It's called covenant dentistry girl. And it's black owned. <laughs> and, and it, it was black owned, um, one of the only black owned dental uh, offices in the Bronx. And, um, and it's just like. To get that kind of feedback and for people to feel welcomed in your space where most people come in and they're just like ashamed to be able to open it up and bring that up out of them. That's why I do what I do. But because not, not many people are gonna sit there and be like, all right, open your mouth. Like you'd be surprised half the stuff I find in people's mouths. I'm just like
1: like like what?
0: <laughs> when I first <laughs> when I when I first started working. I had an influx of like, I love my old patients. When I say old, I mean like the elderly, like they they have me rolling. But I'd be like, yo, how long has so been here? <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, with, with herpes simplex, you got one and he <laughs> you, you got simplex, one and two. <laughs> I was like, so which one you think is it? <laughs> Mm. I'm just like, but if you, if you didn't know this it probably I don't know if it's still the case I have to do my research on it I'll get back to you but the nursing home is one is a place where they have an influx of STIs
1: because, Yeah, I heard that.
0: <laughs> because people feel as though oh because I'm 75 you know hey raw dog it up just do what I do and it ain't no thing I'm just like no you still yeah, you may not be able to get pregnant, but you can still catch everything under the sun. Like, it runs rampant. And so, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen people come in and just, I've seen objects in their mouth, hair. Okay. It's like, listen, I don't know what you eating. But... <laughs> People will dead ass sit there and tell me like, yes, I floss every day. And then it looked like law and order SVU by the time I'm done. And, and, and they would be like, mm, I taste blood. I was like, yeah, it's a little enough. It's just a little bit of blood. Not a lot, but just a little bit. And it is full blown, like blood clots everywhere. Like it's ridiculous. And <laughs> but it's like, it's just. It's just so fun to interact with people and teach them how to take better care of their teeth and gums. And then for them to take that home and use it, come back to me and be like, hey, Nicole, look what I was doing. You know, I know how to do it now, it looks good. I'm like, thank you. Cause now I, I don't have to sit here and break my back, get carpal tunnel all in, you know, in here trying to do all this just to help you smile better. So I'm like, thank you. Thank you for, for helping me. Help you, help me, type of deal. So, but yeah, so that's um, that's kind of you know, as as a hygienist, we basically provide the maintenance and the protection um, for 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 your teeth. Um, and as far as being an implant care practitioner, it's um, you know, like dental implants and yeah, things like that, which I have. Um, just I had a rough life.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. It's a lot of a lot of dental work. People are like, oh, you got a nice smile. I was like, listen, you don't know how many root canals I don't had. <laughs> it's in the back though. It's all in the back. But yes, I've had multiple root canals. I have had just count, crowns, bridges, um, everything. But I had a tooth in it trying to say couldn't say had to get extracted, then had an implant put in. But anyway. Implants cost a lot. It's literally like a down payment for a car, depending on what type of car you got. By the time you are done, you have literally almost spent about 10 grand. And maybe that's like on one tooth, one or two teeth. Yeah, it costs a lot. Um, So for me, after you go and get all that work done, you go to the oral maxillofacial surgeon or you go to the oral surgeon or a periodontist can place the implant um, you come back to me then and I help you take care of it. So it's kind of like you just bought a Maserati. You need to go to somebody who specializes in Maserati to help take care of it and help you maintain that Maserati type quality vehicle. So that's what I do on that end. So yes, yes, well, it's a real, it's, it's not a real tooth. So you don't take care of it necessarily as you would a real tooth. It's an implant, it's a titanium screw it's placed into your bone and then a tooth is placed on top of it, like a, a, like a crown essentially placed on top of it. So yes, it's meant to look and feel and act as a real tooth. However, you don't necessarily take care of it the same as you would a regular tooth.
1: Well, it sounds like uh, (laughs) almost like a form of therapy to, you know, correct a a certain issue or drawback that somebody has and you change someone's whole mood by them having, you know, fixed their smile and being able to present something they couldn't before in the, or in the past.
0: Yeah, I um another thing that I like too that I I people tell me all the time is that I have very gentle hands. Um So all the hygienists out there that are very heavy-handed, I don't know, last time you've been to have your teeth cleaned, and you literally got somebody that is jamming the instrument so hard into your gums, you're like, they're giving us a bad name. Like, I I hear it all the time. The last person to clean our teeth, it's just, it, it, it hurt. And I'm like, now there are some people that are like, very like, okay, they just they're very tender, you know, like you tender headed mm-hmm. the same way in your mouth. I'm just like, listen, I I'm gonna have to give you you know, a anes- you know, local anesthesia or something like that. Cause I can- I'm barely touching you. And you like <laughs> I'm just like <sighs> and when I get like that to that point, I'm just like, listen, that where a gas at? Cause this this is put this over your mouth and breathe. <laughs> That's the only way I'm gonna get it done. But I I credit that to you know when I was younger I played the piano growing up so my piano teacher was this old woman in the projects in Florida of course she's everybody got an old woman in the projects that teach all the kids and so she taught me how to play the piano and she's like you always float your fingers like you don't I ain't Kirk Franklin over here banging. but you know you you gently you know because I was playing in church so it was, so you gently float and so like that's come across with me with using my hands as far as this because i'm not really a very heavy-handed individual mm-hmm. so my patients tend to like that a lot um and that's kind of been the, if i can get your mouth clean and in pristine condition without causing you to pass out then i consider that a win and then you know being able to educate you on why you should do this. Like my biggest thing to get people to floss is, you know, imagine leaving fish in your car overnight during the summertime. What do you think it smells like? It's a hot environment. It's gonna gonna smell like just straight, like, you know, you know what? And I was like, well, imagine leaving stuff between your teeth overnight and it's moist Mm. and it's hot. Smooth ninety eight point six degrees in there overnight. What do you think? Why do you think your breath smells in the morning? Usually that gets them to floss the next day. I'm like, you want to roll over and have your partner smell, you know, your hotness first thing in the morning? you know, by all means. But me personally, I'd rather my partner not smell like flaming hot Cheetos <laughs> 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 when. I turn over to greet said person.
1: But like, but, you, but you're the one eating the Cheetos.
0: Listen, we... I, but I floss.
1: Okay.
0: I floss at night. So don't, I, And you know, I will say this. I'm not the best. I have to... I literally have you know, practice what you preach, basically. Like, I have to sit there and I have to just... I be in the bed, listening to a podcast, watching the podcast, doing whatever... And I'm like, I need to get up and brush my teeth. Like, I have to. Like, it's just. And I even tell people, I'm like, floss in the shower. Floss uh, anywhere you want to. I never said when you had to. I just said you had to in at least a 24-hour period. Like, I can work. I usually work with my patients. I usually tell them, hey, what's, what's your routine? Because you got people who work at night. You know, you work the night shift. So your schedule might be often a typical person who works like a nine to five. So how can we fit this in your schedule? Oh, you work at night, Wouldn't well here, you know, floss when you get home, if you're in the shower, do a quick little run through, do something that's going to help. There's so many different tools that we can give you to help you take better care of your teeth at home. But that's where me talking and building a rapport with my patient comes into play. Like I get to know their routine, their lifestyle and things like that. So I was like, well, you know, since you're a busy person, since you do this, since you do that, how would you feel about using these interdental brushes instead of flossing? Or my patients who are older, elderly, who have severe arthritis and they can't use these instruments all the time, we have tools for them as well. So getting to know my patient on a personal level helps me develop a better plan for them to take care of their teeth. So, you know, when they come back to see me, it's an easier process. And then if it doesn't work, we can try something else. But that's usually how I go about, you know, you know, treating my patients and making sure that their dental appointments are, are not bad. I've, I've never had someone leave and say that was the worst cleaning I've ever had. Usually it's the best cleaning I've ever had. She's very gentle, she was kind. I be playing music, watching TV. Like, I keep the vibe very good in, in, in my room, except when you come in and I'm playing gospel music that usually means don't leave, you know, leave me alone, don't talk to me. Uh, like, for real, for real. Like, if you come in, like, one of the owners comes in the office, like, oh, Nicole's playing church music in her room, that means she, she, she needs the spirit right now. So, it usually means somebody pissed me off and, like, I need the Lord, so don't bother me.
1: Just let me do what I do. So, <laughs> so you so someone annoyed you or they breath stunk so bad that you just was like, I need 15 minutes. I, I can't do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Is your uh, uh dental uh struggle over your lifetime? Is that what made you go into this field?
0: Nah. Into it. the military actually did. Okay. Um, I I went to Oakwood University. I don't know if you ever heard of Oakwood University. It's a HBC, you know, in Alabama, whatever. I did not want to go. I okay. did not want to go. I, I hated it actually. I, I loathed the place.
1: Mm. Why?
0: You want the truth?
1: Yes, this is this is an open platform. You can, um, you can be as honest as you want. Just don't get yourself in trouble. No,
0: nah, it is what it is. No, nah, because I've already spoke to my mother about this, so she knows. How <laughs> I, she's like, you don't have to bring it up. I know, you know. I'm sorry, you know, whatever. But no, she um very. You know, I grew up in a very religious household, and um it was just. It was inevitable that, like, all the parents wanted their kids to go to Oakwood, you know, because it was like the Mecca of Christianity for our church. It was just like, okay, you go there and you, but it's like, but I wanted to go to FAMU. Okay. And so my parents, everybody, mostly everybody in my family that's in the South graduated from FAMU. Both of my parents, they met there, got married. My father did ROTC, he went into the military as an infantry officer into the army. He left and they went to Germany and stuff like that. So like, I was trying to almost follow in my parents' footsteps. Like they had a great five-year MBA program. Like, but my mother was like, it's too much like Sodom and Gomorrah at family. I was like, well, you went there. She's like, well, that was before they started, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right. And you think sending me to a school where there's a bunch of PKs who are leaving home for the first time, gonna gonna be better so yeah it was it was it was it was pretty bad there um I literally served it out like it was a four-year sentence
1: Wow!
0: like yo I'm going upstate for my (laughs) four-year (laughs) bid but that's like I did I did not want to be there I didn't I had my if I was going to FAMU, I had a plan that what I was gonna do. Like I had literally everything planned out. But just sending me some place based on the sole fact that it's a Christian seven day event institution and that's it. You can care less whether it had my degree or my program or anything I you know, my major. It was just the fact that it was a seven day event, college, it was an HBCU, which is still up for debate. Yes, it is an HBCU, however, mm-hmm. um I didn't receive much HBCU training from there. I did not learn about the diaspora. I didn't learn about the Middle Passage, anything like that until I got to Howard, a true HBCU. And it's sad. It's sad. Now, I could tell you everything about the Bible (laughs) (laughs) and and that history. um, I think because they feel as though, I don't know, Martin Luther King spoke there, that makes it HBCU. I mean, it's Yeah, I mean, but it was okay. You live and you learn. Um, I served my time there, did what I had to do. And because it kind of set me off track with what I had in my plan, that's why I joined the military. I'm like, listen, I I ain't going back home to Florida. (laughs) Uh, I got to find my way, so to speak. So you know how like, you know, these rich kids now, they taking a gap year. Mm-hmm. I figured I wouldn't want to do it in my life, whatever. So I just took a gap year kind of late. Like I had already graduated and then you I was know, taking a, a gap year. So um, I knew that I liked business and I knew that I liked healthcare, but I wanted to find a way to somewhat combine them. And just, they didn't really have the major that I wanted. So I was like, I'll oh, just do healthcare administration. But anybody knows that when you do that, it's like to even get a job, on that particular level, you then also have to go on and get your master's. And it was like, I don't know if I want to invest that much time and money in something that I'm not really sure of. And so that's when I went to the Navy. And in the Navy is where I started as a dental assistant. So, you know, you go to Chicago and my mother did not want me to join military. Uh, most church mothers, are like, oh, my baby. She's gonna go to GI Jane. and." and <laughs> Yeah, I had to cut off all my hair, and I've been bald ever since. But, yes, um, went to Chicago, did my basic training, and from Chicago, um, I went to Texas. So the training for the dental school um, or dental med was, like, in Wichita Falls, Texas, which is, like, an hour outside of Dallas. It is the worst place ever. Hmm. They told me that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre happened (laughs) there. And I was like, I believe it. I believe it. (laughs) No, for real, like, you know, as a new recruit, I had just graduated. Like, you know, my uniform still looking crisp, you know, like, just nice and crisp and clean. And they were like, I didn't know whether to believe them or not. So I never left base at all. Like, I'm not leaving nowhere. Because what y'all not going to do is kill this Black woman up here in the backwoods (laughs) of Wichita Falls, Texas. No, that ain't going to happen. So I left base once, and that was when I got my first tattoo. So that was the only time I left. From there, then I came back to D.C. and then uh, went to Quantico. That was my first duty station was in Quantico. And since then, I have been in and out of the DMV area um, for a few years. And so then after I got out... um, I decided to go to the next level. I'm like, I really love this dental thing. And I was like, let me see what I can do. So I looked up another HBCU and I was like, oh, Howard is right here. Um, but Howard is um, the dental hygiene program there at the dental school only accepts 10 students per year, 10. And you have hundreds that apply. I was like, I, you just gonna try this out and see and hope for the best. So I did that and I got picked like first first round. I, I had a killer resume, that's the word. I had a killer resume. My in-person interview was on point and everything. So, and I really loved um, the vibe there at the university. So then after I graduated from that, I started practicing um, there. I got my license in DC. And then um, after a few years there, then I applied for my license here in New York because you have to do it kind of like how nurses and doctors do it for each state Mm -hmm. um, based on reciprocity, meaning like you have to have been working in your current state for at least two years to apply for your license to practice in New York. Now, each state is different, but usually that's how it goes. Um, You can apply once they, you know, and they do background checks. Like D.C. is probably one of the the hardest ones, like they took my fingerprints, <laughs> hmm. um, blood work. They do FBI and state background checks to get a license for any healthcare field in in DC. It's one of the hardest because of that. And for one, the board only meets once a month, and God forbid if it falls on a holiday. And they only see so many license packets per session. So if you at the bottom, good luck on getting your license looked at at some point during that year but I was blessed because one of my patients at the dental school was on the board of the dental um the dental board for DC and he said when you graduate after you pass your boards I got a job for you I said all right I passed my boards and I told him what was up I ended up working for the chairman of said board. She called him up. She was like, did she pass everything? All right, go ahead and approve her license. I started working within a month. I was like, thank you, God. I didn't have to wait months and years. Like, some people have to wait to get their license. I was very, very blessed. Um, and she taught me a lot. Matter of fact, she's, also, she's actually from New York, um, too. Um, but she... Used to be the COO for, I don't know if you remember D.C. General? Yeah. Yeah, so she used to be the C um, COO for D.C. General before it closed. Okay. Yeah, um, so I worked for her straight out of school. So um, she's a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, and, you know, I kind of owe the beginning of my career to her. Because she really kind of helped you know, open that door and kind of get me started. And um, ever since then, like, I kind of, you know, I I fell and continued to fall more in love with it um, every day. Like, every time I'm like, man, I'm tired of this or whatever, or I don't want to work at this office or, you know, whatever, whatever, I go in and one of my patients is just like, it's good to see you again, Nicole, how you doing? They're always asking about me. How's New York treating you? Like like I said, like you build a rapport with your patients. Like they actually care about you. I have people who email me or they send me gifts. So I had one lady, like she brought me some clothes from Dubai. Like she's uh, Pakistani, I think. But like they actually care. And um, that's what keeps me coming back. Just like seeing what I do and how it affects the people that I come in contact with every day. That's what keeps me coming back. Like I keep doing the same thing, preaching good oral hygiene care. Um, Cause a lot of people don't know that your oral hygiene is the beginning of your digestive process. Mm-hmm. So it affects your entire body. It's just not your mouth. It affects your entire body. You talk about your TMJ muscles here. People have been clenching and grinding the hell out of their teeth. Since they've been stuck in quarantine, we have made so many night guards for people who literally are grinding their teeth down to this little nubs, (laughs) like little nubs of teeth. If your teeth have no anatomy, you can't properly chew your food, which means you're not going to properly digest your food, which then can affect the rest of your body health wise. So when I preach this to people, I'm just like, listen, you have to take this seriously, like you have to, especially you have underlying conditions as well, diabetes, um, uh, hypertension. There are so many other issues um, that can contribute to that. So I really, really preach and and make sure that I drive home how important it is to take care of your mouth in general. Take care of your mouth.
1: <laughs> you you giving me a big guest pastor energy right now. I'm just...
0: Wow. <laughs> guest, guest pastor? Yeah. Really? Guest <laughs> pastor. Yeah. It's, I mean, I get that sometimes. I get that sometimes. But um, the COVID thing um, that you had mentioned in the email, um, around here, my biggest issue is that when I wear my mask a lot, I've actually had people here at the corner store or the bodega, what have you. Um, they'll walk in, they won't have on a mask, but the guy behind the counter ain't gonna say nothing because if he says something, even though it's a big old sign on the door that says no mask, no entry, he's not gonna turn down money. Everybody hurting now. So it's like, but at the same time, is it worth you allowing people to walk into your store and possibly Infect fact, not only yourself, but everyone else, because you want, you want his, you know, $2 that bad
1: <laughs>
0: for for a lottery ticket or for whatever. And I've said something before and somebody came back and was like, what you going to do? I was like, live. That, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to live. Like, I mean, and I just, that kind of stuff just like, it annoys me and then Last night, I had a a conversation with someone about this whole vaccine. How do you feel? Let me get your insight.
1: Um, Mixed feelings about it. Okay. Um, To be quite honest, um, uh, someone near and dear to me uh, caught COVID, and Um, their uh, instant response after uh, coming out of the worst of it was i'm taking the vaccine and i assume it was out of fear of the feeling of uh, being sicker than they ever been before yeah. so you know it made me think about you know like uh if if a newborn you know was to come around me and you know, in order to keep them safe, I would even have to keep my distance or put myself in a situation where I'm not going to get them sick and taking the vaccine. Me personally, I'm not against it, but I would want to do more research and see, you know, like I wouldn't want to go in the first round. The second round, maybe, you know, but I'm I'm not for, you know, just blindly getting the vaccine because you know, it's supposed to automatically, you know, save my life or prevent me from getting COVID.
0: Well, I mean, it's, you said a few good things. One that I really want people to know is that doing your research, like I prefer, you know, someone like yourself that is like, hey, I'm skeptical, but at least I'm going to read, educate myself on the subject matter. And make the right decision for myself based off of someone else's own biases. And I respect that so much because, you know, I have so many people who are just like, well, I'm not gonna take it. Why? Well, you know, the Tuskegee and this, that, and other. I'm like, okay, so besides that, what else? Have you read anything about it? Have you updated yourself on it? Have you had anyone who passed away? Have you seen it? Like, have you actually seen people with this? Like, do you work in a hospital? And they're like, no. Well, I would at least take the uh, the opportunity to actually receive the information, go educate yourself, read, ask the actual doctor. You can ask either a Black doctor or a white doctor, either one, and, and get the information and then make a decision based off that. Don't make it based off a very traumatic history that has happened in the Black community. Mm-hmm. I get it and I understand. Um, and Blacks have been treated terribly as far as medicine and are still being treated terribly as far in the medical community to this day. Um, Supposedly, we have thick skin and then our counterparts with less melanin. Um, Supposedly, blacks feel less um, pain than our counterparts. Um, These are all stigma that are still like attached to black people in the medical community today. So, you know, you hear from a lot of women who go, who are pregnant, who go to the hospital complaining of different pains, just black women in general go to the hospital for, you know, pains and whatnot. And the doctor is just like, you good, just send them home with some ibuprofen. I'm like, I could have said that myself, like, and then come to find out they were having a heart attack at the time or they were doing this. But because you neglected to do a full workup or full treatment on me and just thought that I was, you know, play pimping around here about my pain. I end up having a heart attack and almost died because you didn't take my pain seriously as a Black woman or as a Black person in general. So I can see the skepticism behind that. I I can. Based off our history with the community, the Black community and medicine, I get it. However, I've had nurses and doctors contact me, friends of mine who were like, I go to work every day at the hospital and I see nothing but death. People, their colleagues, everyone is dying. And they're like, I can't do this anymore. And they end up, they do their research and stuff, but then they end up getting it, you know, getting the vaccine. So it's just, I just want people to educate themselves. Don't just go based off of our past experiences i get it and i understand it's deeply rooted but i just i hate it when people just sound so ignorant and they don't even attempt to educate themselves like we're smarter than that like our people have been through too much to just take it lying down like we have an opportunity here to take something that can it's not going to cure all the all type of situation but at least it'll help less spreading <laughs> It'll help if you do catch it, which you can catch it a second time. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not like a one and done type of situation. Um, It'll lessen the effects of the symptoms on you. So I just, I want people to be more educated about the subject matter before they go out spewing, you know, hatred for the vaccine and and all this other stuff. So that's it. So that's why, like, I appreciate the fact that you said that, like, you're actually going to go through the process of doing your own research like the intelligent man that you are before you make your own decision and that's all i ask that's all i ask
1: unfortunately all bunnies ain't quick you know
0: hmm. look at you
1: <laughs> look at
0: all, now all bunnies ain't quick oh, okay
1: <laughs> oh,
0: all right i get it yeah but yeah i mean for a minute here in um, in New York, it was, it was kind of rough. Like it was, it was very, very rough. Like we, I actually had a patient come in the other day. that was like, why I got to put on all this stuff? Like when they come into my office, we give them a head bonnet. They have a mask on, they have um, booties for their shoes. They have to put all their personal items in a trash bag. Cause it gets on your clothes. everywhere. It ain't just, you know, whatever, but it's everywhere. And my entire room is covered with plastic. So, that after each patient, I'll take all the plastic off and wipe down and then put more plastic on top. So, we go through that whole process. She came and she was like, why do I have to put on all this? I would have never came if I had to do all this. I was like, you ain't got to stay. Truth be told, I mean, you you can very well leave if you want to. I mean, you getting mad at us because we're trying to protect you, like. Right? Well, I don't want to put on all this. Well, then don't. You know, it's the people that get on my like nerves and cause me to play my Fred Henry. So, yeah, I just just ignorance. Like, they make fun of it. And every time somebody comes to me, and they're like, oh, you know, why you mask where You want to do this? I'm like, wait till something you know, God forbid something happened to a family member of you, or it's like for either you. Like, I don't wish nothing on nobody, but Maybe because you haven't
1: experienced it and it hasn't hit close to home yet, which is why you you know you act in the way you act. And, um, it's it's funny that you uh, you wrap your room in plastic like Dexter. <laughs> I guess because
0: up, the, li-
1: living in the town <laughs> where the Texas Chainsaw mask kind of rubbed off on you.
0: I <laughs> love it. love it.
1: That's that's all I could think about. You just. Looking like Dexter Morgan, like, yeah, never victim out the way. Let's set up for another one.
0: Listen, I have on the gown. I'm looking like a coroner by the time I come in. I got on the same thing. I got on my mask, my shield. I'm looking like I'm about to walk in there and, you know, do some a uh, BBL. You got the whole, you know, <laughs> it's that, it's that. But, you know, I have to protect myself. Like, literally the thing that you keep covered is what I'm sitting there and I'm like knee deep in your mouth like who if anybody people who work in a dental field are more at risk than anyone else because we literally put our face, hands, feet, neck and everything else out there with your mouth wide open and we're just in there just doing whatever and The instruments that we use spew, you know, water and particles into the air. We have suction vacuums in the room now, but it's like what we use creates aerosols. The very same reason why you're wearing a mask. So we have to protect ourselves. But the good thing is that the dental community has been one of the least infected because our standard of care and how we've protected ourselves even before COVID has always been high. We sterilize. I'm not saying at the hospital, the medical, that they do whatever, but in the dental community, we make sure that we are gloved up, everything is wiped down. We have masks on 24-7, and it's been like that since day one, which is why in the dental community our numbers have been so low and our patient care and quality has been so high. So I I give that to all of my friends, families, and those out there who work in the dental community. Like, thank you for putting putting our our jobs, you know, just first and foremost, and and making us, you know, appear and look and be the forefront of how we're going to face this thing head on. Because I mean, it's not over yet; it's not done.
1: It's- yeah. It, that's that was a subtle way of uh, you know shitting on other medical practitioners, but hey, it is what it is. That's just the numbers.
0: Listen, numbers I, don't
1: lie, right? Numbers uh, don't lie. <laughs>
0: uh, come again.
1: Come in. So uh, <laughs> let me ask you this: So when you were in DC, um, how was the nightlife for you?
0: I'm a bit of a loner, mm. but but I didn't really go okay. I've never really been to a club, I have yeah. <laughs> to You laugh, but I kid you not. i yeah, I haven't.